Certainly a pleasure to be with each of you today. We pray for you folks here. I look back 52 years, first time I was here at Cold Creek Church. That dates me, I know. (laughs) And then I look back to that time when Pastor Everett, God brought you and Gloria here. What an example of faithfulness, and I thank you for your example of God's grace. To me, what an example. 52 years, but Northwest Independent Church Extension is now at 64 years, and God has been blessed to use the ministry to reach people for Christ, to see churches planted, to see churches growing for the glory of the Lord. I want to say thank you to you as a congregation for the willingness to invest your pastor and his wife as field director for NICE here in what's considered the central area. I don't think that's the right title that Pastor Rogers has given to the area, but uh, basically the area from uh, down in Oregon up to about Olympia, (laughs) and to encourage the pastors and churches as they can in, whether it's by prayer or by email or text or in person. One of the things that we are especially grateful for is the young couples that God has been bringing to the ministry of NICE. And I notice this couple in picture on one of your slides here today at announcement. Uh, They are at Keyport Bible Church and serving there. This is their first ministry. And uh, how we thank the Lord for couples like this, Matt and Annette Daniels. Also Mark and Rachel Organ over at Nahalem Valley Bible Church there in Vernonia. Some of you had contact with the church there and other people that are there, Brown family particularly. Uh, But Mark and Rachel, and again, a young couple, first ministry. I had the privilege to be at his ordination council, and uh, he did well. (laughs) And then also, Keith and Claudia Singer up at Loomis Community Church up near the Canadian border, north of Wenatchee, again, their first ministry. And Bob Rogers, who's the director of NICE, whom many of you have met, has a young pastor's forum that meets by Zoom. How many years ago that we had never even heard of Zoom? Not very many. But my goodness, how God has used that in such amazing ways, and they meet together for encouragement and fellowship, and then Catherine Rogers meets with the pastor's wives by Zoom to bring encouragement to them. And, you know, this young couple doesn't hardly look to me like they're out of high school. (laughs) But again, maybe that's because I'm getting older. But uh, how we thank the Lord that he uses his servants for his glory. Ben and Jorianne McArdle, 
on staff at Sunset Bible Church there in University Place, Tacoma, Washington, training to be prepared for whatever opportunity God opens for them. Grateful for this young couple. And then at Wishkaw Valley Community Church, where Elvie and I have been helping now for the last number of, well, actually two and a half years almost. Their pastor died just before COVID hit. And when the church opened again, we were asked to come down and help in a similar way to what Brubakers did here. And, uh, but you know, folks, I don't know if it's COVID, I don't know what it is, but there simply are not any pastors looking for churches. Uh, as a result, we're still there. But this couple, about a year and a half ago, came to the leadership and said, we believe God's calling us to pastoral ministry. And uh, so we have been spending the last number of months in what might be called mentoring for ministry. Uh, he preaches every other week at times, uh, uh, various things. Bob Rogers is there today, actually, at Wishkaw. And uh, my, how they have grown. Isn't it neat to see people growing in their service for the Lord? and developing to be used for the glory of the Lord. Continue to pray for them. She's not quite sure she's ready to be a pastor's wife. And so that's kind of where things are at the present time. We are, we're waiting for the Lord to make that clear to her. Since the very first church that was planted by NICE back in 1958, down near Crescent City, California, to the present, we thank God for all that he has done in all the different places. There have been 114 new churches started in these years. Praise God for what he has done. And in every one of these places, there have been changed lives. And there's stories that go with every life change. There's stories that go with your life and how God's worked in your life, isn't there? And uh, could I just tell you one story for uh, Brad and... Linda and Emily, Elvie and I were over in uh, Mullen, Idaho, having special meetings there in the little church, and we were asked to come to this home, their home, for dinner. And the wife said, now Roy, I don't know what my husband will do. He does not like preachers. Well, we got there. He was not there we discovered that when she was given a Bible by the church, when she was baptized, when that Bible was laid on the coffee table, he took it, tore it in pieces, and threw it in the fireplace. Maybe that gives you a little idea of his attitude. Well, we had sat down to eat, had just started to eat, and a Dodge Power Wagon came driving in the driveway he came in, slammed the door, slammed himself down in the chair, would not look at me, and just started to eat. And I'm sitting there eating and praying. Can you do that? I guess you can do that, can't you? But I was sitting there eating and praying, Lord, give me wisdom, what to say, what to do. And then I said, called him by name, I said, Brad, 
tell me about your Dodge Power Wagon. How do you use it? And folks, for the next number of minutes, I asked every question that I could possibly think of about a Dodge Power Wagon. And frankly, I've never driven one. I don't have that great interest, but again. Now, he did not come to church that night. His wife and daughter did. But about six months later, we were at a summer Bible camp north of Spokane. We had just gotten settled into our little cabin, and we saw this couple with their little girl come walking toward us, and he said, Roy, do you remember me? And I thought, boy, he looks familiar. (laughs) And he said, you were in our house several months ago. At that time, I hated the fact that you were there. I wanted nothing to do with God. And then... He said, but God has saved me since that time. And God has given me a whole new purpose for living. Praise God. Folks, when God changes lives, he does a good job, doesn't he? Aren't you glad you know the Lord today? What a privilege it is to be a part of the family of God. It's all to the glory of the Lord, how we thank him for what he does and who he is. And today I'd like to direct our attention as we think together of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you may have noticed in your bulletin is a little leaflet that has a number of blank lines on it. If you'd like to fill those in, please, please do so. If you'd rather not, fine. Don't bother. Aren't you glad I'm not going to ask you to hand these in like in school? (laughs) Not at all. But, folks, earlier this month, we celebrated the 246th anniversary of the founding of our country. In the preamble are these words of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. May I just say right up front, that does not come by how good we are. That comes only through a knowledge of our Lord and Savior. And yes, there's been some changes in America, and not for the good, in my opinion. But I'm not ready to give up on this country. I am wanting to do all I can for as long as God gives opportunity to get the gospel out. (laughs) I notice of the missionaries that are going to be at the Schulte Conference this year that uh, three of them we've had the privilege of ministering to. One of them is a young man that recently connected with us and he said, Roy, 50 years ago you led me to Christ. I didn't know that. What a a privilege. Well, America. (laughs) Our first president made the statement, it is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. Thomas Jefferson, who particularly was the author of the preamble and even the Constitution, He said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
John Adams said, the only book deserving worldwide attention is the Bible. I speak as one who knows, and I say to you, search the scriptures, for they are God's word of life. Thank God for his word. Thank God for a church that honors the word and seeks to know the word of God. But then look at this statement by Patrick Henry. This just challenges me. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's pretty clear, isn't it? And folks, this is the history of our country. Look how we have drifted from where we began. Of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, two-thirds were believers in Christ as their Savior. What does it mean, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Let's look at the Word of God today, and if, if you want to just simply follow along with what's on the screen, or you'd like to turn in your Bible, that's perfectly fine, however you would like to do. Let's think about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness God's way, what Scripture says. Think with me first, life. What does the Bible have to say about life? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. Where do you get life? Well, physical life, of course, as we're born. But folks, when we are born again, aren't you glad God gives us life eternal? Life in him. And that life was the light of mankind. And then think with me of that verse that we know so well. For God so loved the world. That's us. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. Do you have life in Christ today? If your life were to be taken or Jesus were to call, are you ready for eternity? Thank God there is life in Christ. Think again, if you will, at John 5, 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has Notice that, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death unto life. Praise God for life that's in Christ. And then I think of this verse in John 10, states it so clearly. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I believe what this is saying is simply, not only did Jesus come to provide life, spiritual life, by faith and trust in him that looks forward to eternity, but it's life that's right now. It's abundant life that's each day as we walk with him, trust him, let him be our guide, our provider, our comforter, our peace, our joy, our satisfaction. Does it mean anything to note the Savior? 
I can recall many, many years ago, my dad used to ask that question quite a bit. He would say, does it mean anything to know the Lord? And then he'd get this big grin that went just about from ear to ear, and he'd say, it sure does. <laughs> Folks, it means everything to know the Savior. What about John twenty thirty one? These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Praise God. He gives us life. And one last verse. This is the truth. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. And whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Oh, may I just ask, very pointedly, do you know the Jesus Christ? Do you have the Son? If so, you have life. Praise God for that life. But what about liberty? Well, let's look at several verses that speak to this. I read back in Psalm 119, I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. Would that give the implication at least that by the word of God, by his truth, by his precepts, comes the way to liberty, to walk in liberty? By seeking the word of God. It's not so much how much of the Bible we know, but it's how much of the Bible gets into my life. And I walk in those precepts. Think with me further what Jesus said there in John uh, in Luke chapter 4. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. That would be like that man over there in Idaho. That would be like so many in different places. In fact, where we've been ministering there at Wishkaw Valley, a couple that came to church on Christmas a year ago had not been in church. He was His own testimony is, he said, I was a reprobate. Now, I don't know exactly what he meant by that. But I can imagine. And this man said, we came to church. We thought, well, maybe it's a thing to do on Christmas. But he says, you know, God changed my life. I gave my life to Christ that day. Had no idea that was going to happen. About six months ago, they came to us and said, we want to be baptized. But we're both afraid of water. Now, what do you do? You know, this was a challenge, and we weren't sure what to do. But the church there, for their baptistry, has a padded hot tub. I'd never seen a hot tub with padded padding on both sides of it, both inside and out. When this man was baptized, we've got a picture of it. This whole shoulder, the shirt is still dry. But... <laughs> but he was baptized. <laughs> oh, folks, praise God. He changes lives, and he gives liberty. 
liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then think of this verse in Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What a privilege it is to seek to walk in obedience to the Lord and find that he gives freedom and liberty. And then just a couple of verses in Galatians that speak to this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't slip back into the ways of the world. Walk in liberty. And he goes on to say, You, my brothers and sisters, are called to liberty, but don't use your liberty to indulge the flesh. God has given us life and he's given us liberty. Praise God. Dr. Warren Wiersbe expressed this and I quote here, the Christian is truly free, free from the penalty of sin because Christ paid the price when he died for us on the cross. Praise God for that freedom. But he goes on to say, The Christian is truly free, free from the guilt of sin because we've experienced God's forgiveness through the resurrection of Christ. Have you ever found guilt can just practically drive a person up the wall? Guilt can really cripple us, but Christ sets us free, free not only from the penalty of sin, but from the guilt of sin. But Wiersbe goes on to say, the Christian is truly free, free from the power of sin in our daily life made possible by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, folks, praise God for the freedom, the liberty that we have in Christ in our daily life. But then Wiersbe goes on to say, the Christian is truly free free from the presence of sin, yet future. When we stand complete in Christ in glory for all eternity. That's almost worth a hallelujah, isn't it? Oh, folks, one day we'll be set free from all that's binding us here in this life. And we'll be with him for eternity. What a day that will be. When my Savior I see. Praise God. In fact, Bill Gaither wrote a song that somewhat expresses this. It says, So long I had searched for life's meaning, enslaved by the world and my greed. Then the door of my prison was opened by love, for the ransom was paid. I am free. I don't know if you know that song, but oh, what a wonderful... I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of the past. For I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I am free, praise the Lord, free at last. Do you like that long, I've traded line, I've traded my shackles for a glorious song? Somehow that's just loaded with meaning, isn't it? Praise God, free in Christ. 
But not only is there life and liberty, but the scripture also speaks of happiness. Sometimes we think, well, there's joy in the Lord, happiness depending on the happenings, but our joy depending on relationships, and that's true. But it's interesting how scripture refers to happiness. When the word is used about being blessed, and it's referring to God in both Hebrew and Greek, it's a word that means to be praised, honored, or worshipped. Blessed be God, scripture says. And that's saying, honor him, praise him, worship him. But then it's interesting, totally different words are used in both Hebrew and Greek when it talks about people being blessed. And that's a word that means to be happy, to be fortunate, to be envied, envied, to be favored. And we see in the Psalms 45 different statements about a person that is blessed or happy when they have certain things in place in their life. We're not going to look at 45, don't get worried. But let's look at a few of them. Can we do that? Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. There is happiness when we don't walk according to the ways of sin and according to the desires of our old nature. There is happiness when we don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. I can remember we were a number of years ago down here near Aberdeen. A young man came to me and said, Mr. Sprague, I knew the right thing to do. I knew what I ought to do, and I ended up doing the opposite. You ever have a problem like that? I think most of us have. But folks, when I don't walk in the counsel, it's a matter of choice, isn't it? When I don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, there is happiness. Notice that next one. Blessed is the person whose sin is forgiven. Again, I would say to that, praise God. There is true happiness to know that our sins are forgiven. The person who trusts in the Lord. Psalm 41 blesses the person who considers the poor. To have a heart that's concerned for others. Part of the very reason that you have interest as you do in the work of missions and missionaries is because these are people that are seeking to meet the needs of others that may never have heard before. Seeking to reach out. And sometimes, how is it done? With clothing, with food, seeking to help meet the needs that they might present Jesus. Look at the next one. Blesses the person who dwells in your house. I don't think that means that we live in the church, (laughs) but it simply means we want to be where God is honored, who we want to be where God is given praise and worship. Notice the next one. Blesses the person whose strength is in God. Not relying on my own ability, but on his strength. I need that. Let's look at a few more. 
Blesses the person who knows the joyful sound, who rejoice in him all day long. We heard some joyful sounds this morning, didn't we? Thank you for that saxophone number. Wow, what a blessing. Thank you for the songs that you led and that you sang. Folks, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. You know what? Part of the reason that we come to church and part of the reason we're here today is not only to hear a message, a sermon, but it's to be with the people of God and to praise him and our lives are enriched and made happy as we praise him. You know what? I think songs, good Christian songs, are one of the greatest blessings God has given us because they can lift our spirit and cause us to walk with closer to him. Well, look at the next one. Blessed is the person whom you instruct from your word, O Lord. Blessed is the person who keeps justice and righteousness. Blessed is the person who worships the Lord. Blessed is the person who delights in God's commands. Is the word of God your delight? Oh, I trust it is. We were a little church up near Belfair at Bear Creek. And after the service, a 12-year-old boy came up to me. The reason I knew he was 12, because we sang happy birthday to him. <laughs> and he said, Mr. Sprague, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have the Lord and the Bible. And then that almost, well, just very soon, within five minutes at least, was a lady that I'm guessing was in her 80s at that time. And she said, oh, Mr. Sprague, I am so glad I know the Lord. I'm so glad that I can go to his word. And every day it ministers to my heart's needs. Folks, that's God's word. Praise God for the Bible. And the person that delights, the person is blessed who seeks the Lord with all their heart. Wow. Blessed is the person whose hope is in the Lord. Friends, God gives us happiness, doesn't he? There is blessing in the Lord. Notice that last one. Blessed is the person who finds wisdom and understanding from the Lord. When Thomas Jefferson penned those words in the preamble to our Constitution, I don't know how much he realized what scripture has to say about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But, oh, how I pray that every opportunity we have, we can share with people, there is life in Jesus Christ. There is liberty through walking with him. And there truly is happiness as we trust the Lord. Another song by Bill Gaither that says, we are so blessed by the gifts from your hand. We just can't understand why you love us so much. We're so blessed, we just can't find a way or the words that can say, thank you, Lord, for your touch. It's true. It goes on to say, we're so, uh, when we're empty, you fill us. 
till we overflow. When we're hungry, you feed us and cause us to know we are so blessed. Take the thanks that we bring. <laughs> Take our all everything. Lord, we love you so much. <laughs> oh, praise God for what a Savior we have. We're blessed, folks. We're blessed. Life, liberty, happiness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you that we are blessed by the gifts of your hand. And you've given us life in Christ. You've given us liberty as we walk with you. And as a result, we have happiness. We're blessed. Lord, we say thank you today. Encourage us. Strengthen us. Meet our needs. Help us to trust you more and to walk with you each day. I pray in Jesus' name.